Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Ranieri on April 15, 2020. Hope everyone is doing well as we cover everything in sports, reality, fantasy, gambling, everything that you could possibly ask for. We're covering it for you right here. Joe, how is your morning going thus far? How is your day going thus far? Uh, it's uh, it's going. You know, we're getting a little bit closer uh, to the draft each and uh, every day, which is always exciting. That's and, true. Uh, you know, I got my, got my uh, prop bets all mapped out, kind of have a game plan going into uh, the draft in about a week. Yep. So uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. Plus, I even caught uh, some um, some Taiwan baseball uh, early in the morning. So yeah, good I'm good to go. Yep, little China of uh, China's pro league there. So getting uh, getting back in the swing of things. Yeah, I can't wait because a little bit later in the show, folks, we are going to break down Joe Ranieri's League of Fantasy Legends draft, oh. Fantasy League of Legends, I should say. Yes, uh, we're, that's coming up a little bit later. I'm not sure what happened there to you in that draft, but we'll get to it. We'll look into it. We'll see. <laughs> Some of the good, some of the bad. I mean, we do a show yesterday, and mm-hmm. we talk about who you may take, and the one guy you say that you probably won't end up with, that's the guy you ended up taking. That's so, pretty uh, much we'll uh, trying to figure out how to where the draft button went, and it ended up, ah, and I gotcha. I, it was... I um, well, you're it, one of those guys. clock I ran gotcha. out, and I was like, I, I don't know what I just did. All right, so we'll get into that in a little bit. And, of course, if you want to hit us up here on the show, at SportsGrid, that's the best way to ask us any questions that you may have. YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to the show. Also, set your notifications to on. And then this way, whenever our show gets over to YouTube, you can see it live every day, Zumo TV, Pluto TV, and Stir, as well as SportsGrid.com, wherever you are watching. Let us know. The more you tell us that you are watching and things that you like, the more that we can respond back to you and give you those things that you like. And certainly we'll cover it here on this show today. A couple of interesting stories we start off with. Unfortunately, we start off with a little bit of sad news from yesterday. The New York Yankees, as we're waiting to you know, kind of get this season started, we know basically who uh, their season is going to be dedicated to. And of course, all the people who have passed away, certainly in this tough period of time mm-hmm. to the virus, no doubt about that. But they lost a key member of their family. And uh, they lost basically one of their owners uh, yesterday. Joe Hank Steinbrenner ended up passing away at the age of 63. Of course, the son of George Steinbrenner, who was the longtime owner of the Yankees. And Hank and Hal have been sort of running that team over the past, I don't know, feels like about 20 years. And um, a relatively young age to, to be passing away. And it was really sad to see that happen to the Yankees family. Certainly, the Steinbrenner name uh, goes down in baseball history as one of the best to ever own a Major League Baseball franchise. And and look, these guys are not quite what their dad was. I think we could probably say that about everybody in the world. Everyone's, oh, you weren't what your dad was, right? Like, we've heard that before. Uh, but they have done a phenomenal job, I think, in carrying out the legacy. And although the World Series championships haven't been certainly as plentiful, our hearts go out and, uh, and certainly our prayers, too, to yeah. the entire Yankee family. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't uh, I didn't realize that he had uh, – yeah, I guess he had been sick for a little while, so it's, uh, it's just unfortunate. So um, the Yankee family uh, loses another Steinbrenner, and really it's hard to believe that there's anybody ever been associated from an ownership standpoint with the Yankees other than the Steinbrenners. Sure. So – I know uh, whatever this season may bring, it's certainly going to be with a lot of heavy hearts. Very well respected, very well loved uh, throughout the organization. Yeah, and so uh, certainly very, Mm. very touching to see some of the dedications from the Yankees and everyone else. Hate to uh, start off with a sad story today, but that's where we're at. Now let's move on to some more interesting stories in sports and in fantasy sports as well. We go from the Yankees to the Red Sox. Steve Pierce, who was the World Series MVP for the Mm. Boston Red Sox, Ends up calling it quits. Now, a lot of people, Joe, probably don't even know who Steve Pierce is, honestly. He had one of the more anonymous fantasy and reality careers over the past 10, 15 years. But what was interesting is he did an interview on WEEI Radio in Boston mm-hmm. and basically said that, yeah, he's retiring. It's been a good 10 years. Yeah, interestingly enough. And then when they asked him about some of the cheating allegations, essentially Pierce said it wasn't cheating. And the quote is, that's such a joke. When it came out, we were all kind of joking about it. We wanted this to pass us. We wanted mm-hmm. fair and square. Whatever they accused us of, we were all kind of like, I can't believe this is even an issue. Once right. the report comes out, 
we're going to all be free. So um, an interesting take. It has been fascinating how initially when these stories started to come out three or four months ago where we were going to see all kinds of punishment, Joe, we got it from the Astros. We rode that wave here on mm -hmm. the show all of spring training. It was the dominant force for the first two, three weeks of spring training. And then we got word that before the season started, Boston, we'd find out about them too. The only thing that's happened at this point is Alex Cora is essentially no longer their manager. But I got to tell you, it is a very bizarre thing that this just keeps going and going. Yep. Do you think it's just that the commissioner of baseball thinks it's in poor taste to hand out any kind of suspensions? Or is it possible that Steve Pierce is right and that in a month from now, when you know they maybe put a plan together for baseball, we're hearing that nothing ends up happening. To the yeah, right yeah, probably nothing, right? And uh, I find it interesting. I mean, Pierce had been around a while, um, you know, kicked around in the minor leagues uh, for a long time too, and then of course, you know, doesn't need to have a very long career to have it uh, to be very distinguished there with the World Series win. I, I do find it interesting of all the people who have uh, have really come forward and had something to say on this. It's. Uh, it's him because everyone else has been, eh, we'll wait and see. Not a whole lot of hubbub. And we heard a little bit from Houston, but for the most part, they were browbeat into submission by apologizing and, you know, doing that whole dog and pony show. But not Pierce, man. He's like, you know, listen, screw all y'all, man. We, uh, we want it. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, I don't know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I always find it fascinating that guys who are on their way out of the game all of a sudden – uh, have a lot to say about what happens in the game. And we know Gaddis and, uh, you know, there'll be a few more, I'm sure, along the way. Of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no doubt that, listen, especially from the Astros in 2017, remember, mm -hmm. we're three years removed from that already. So as players start to make their way in and out of the league, yep. we're going to have some players who uh, inevitably are done playing the game and they'll have their opportunity. You're right, we did see Gaddis. That's a good point. We talked mm -hmm. about him last week. And now Pierce is done, but, you know, look, the only thing that could happen here is Pierce will be proven one way or the other, right or wrong, because if there's any kind of suspension coming down on the Red Sox team or any kind of fine, then essentially that the commissioner found out that there was wrongdoing by the Red Sox. So right. this will sort of be uh, figured out. It's interesting because yesterday I uh, did my uh, Swings and Mishes podcast. Normally I do this every week on the Miami Marlins because I mm -hmm. covered them. And I had uh, former Marlins pitcher Brad Penny on the show, and Penny pitched for a long time at a very high level in the big leagues. And he also pitched with Verlander. So uh, I asked him the question about what would, you know, what were you thinking uh, mm -hmm. about, you know, this 2017 season? And he actually broke it down a lot simpler than anybody that I've spoken to has, Joe. And it's, it, and, it, and you have to ask yourself this question too. It seemed as though a lot of people knew that there was sign stealing going on at the very minimum. Maybe right. they didn't know to the extent of it as to where the cameras were and what was being done and the logistics of all of that. But essentially what Penny said is that if I know somebody is trying to steal my signs, what I do is very simple. I have the catcher put down a four or, you know, for a change up, right? Okay. And so the catcher puts the sign down and then I hit the guy in the chest with a fastball. <laughs> and then, and then the player looks back at the dugout and it's like, wait a minute here. Like mm -hmm. I thought that that was supposed to be a change up, right? And he said, and it's over at that point, because essentially the sign stealing and the communication of the signs is going to get guys hurt. That's they're going to be pissed. Yep. They're not going to, they're not going to want to listen to their own team telling them that, a, oh yeah, well you told me a changeup was coming and I just got smashed by a fastball. Yep. And then they stop because they're afraid. Wait a second. This is probably not right. It gets in their head and they're done. And it's funny. I've never heard that explanation before. And I thought it was a, a pretty fair analysis of it now look brad penny talked about hitting a guy a little bit different than just brushing a guy off right or or throwing a fastball right down the middle which could have said too but sending that message wouldn't that have just put an end to it right then and there like if other teams knew they were stealing why not have the pitcher not change the signs keep the signs the same but throw different things than what they saw coming i it's always been the big mystery to me like i never understood it where if you know it and you know rumors and innuendo and everything else that we had heard throughout the years was that you know they were pretty good at it that i like i have no idea how it is the catcher the pitchers the managers these people were all weren't yeah. on the same page and say all right if they are waiting for fastball we'll throw a change up where i like i don't 
I never understood that. To me, it said more about the teams and the players they were able to get away with it on than it did about them personally because if everybody's doing it in some way, shape, or form, everyone's trying to get uh, an angle here, and you're not smart enough to be able to mix it up a little bit so you screw them up and they leave it in law, I, I have no idea beyond me that uh, nobody else was able to figure that out. Yeah, it's very bizarre, yep. especially with considering the trash cans. And what's funny is that if, if I am a player, there's no way possible on the other side that I'm saying, yeah, it was really weird hearing those trash cans. Because then I would have said to them, it's not even about basically blowing the whistle on these mm -hmm. guys. It's about protecting yourself. Like, you knew that that was going on. Here I have one player in a random conversation explaining to me exactly what you do to just stop it right then and there, which is very plausible. Yep. Like, I hope no players come out. I hope every player says that we didn't know and we didn't hear the trash cans and all that stuff. Because if they did, I mean, it's, it's pretty foolish. Everybody knew. They knew Houston and right. They knew um, they suspected they suspected Houston forever. They suspected the Red Sox. So teams going into those buildings and those parks, if you weren't already coordinating on mixing it up or somehow, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I really, really don't. I mean, that says more about you than it says about them because we, we've we've heard the stories over the years. Teams always trying to get a leg up, right? Stealing signs, doing their best, of trying course. to figure it out. You know, every baseball guy will tell you the same thing. It, a lot of the times it didn't work. You know why? Because the other team made it a lot harder for you. So I. That's right. That's right. So why? I, I You know, and again, that doesn't take any of the blame off of the Astros no. for going that extra mile and doing what they did. But it feels like if teams would have just policed this a little bit better, you know, they probably wouldn't have had to go through all this. And you know, it's just very strange the way this has happened. And I am now going to keep an eye on the Red Sox to see what happens with them because. You're right, Joe. This guy walking out the door is basically saying we're not going to get suspended. Nobody else has, but he is. Today. So that's interesting. Yep. That's going to be very interesting. Yep. Five years from yep. now, so there's going to we'll be a book that. written that you and I are going to probably oh, yeah. be doing book on tape here. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting story, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting story also from the Bay Area. And, and, I, and listen, there's no real public study on this mm -hmm. or anything like that. But wow, when I read this yesterday, Joe, I had to bring it up here on the show. Uh, there's, you know, stories kind of just popping around here uh, from, a, you know, legitimate publications essentially saying that had the San Francisco 49ers won the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. then the state of California would have, especially in Northern California, would have a lot more cases of the coronavirus because they would have had a parade. And at that time, that's when California started to see a couple of cases mm sort of pop up in their area. Now, wow, that kind of hit me there a little bit to think of of how that would have changed history. Now, what they're saying is that, you know, certainly nobody wanted to see the 49ers lose right. in the Bay Area, but because of that, there was no parade, and because there's no parade, there was no mass gathering of a million people in the streets of San Francisco. But to think that a lot of lives were saved from that is not something that ever came to mind for me over the last month, that's for sure. No, I, I think it's interesting, but I also still think that it was there and very, uh, very well in common among uh, a whole lot of people in the streets in San Francisco, regardless, um, throughout that time, mostly January, February, especially when you consider the flight manifest of the amount of people coming in from China, flying into either San Francisco, uh, San Jose, and that whole, uh, you know, that that um, Bay Area there, it's uh, it's hard to believe that we didn't notice it at first a little bit sooner, even before that. Um, but, I, you know, again, when you have mass groups of people coming together, which was, you know, obviously who knew, and they didn't know at Mardi Gras, and uh, that didn't work out all that well. So it's, you know, it, it is a circumstance that I'm certainly glad it didn't happen. Sorry, 49ers. Uh, but it also, um, I think it also speaks that, wow, it's, uh, there's probably a few of those stories around the country right now that we can look at and oh, say, yeah, we're gonna get I'm really yeah. glad that, I, hell, I'm glad I didn't go to a 20 birthday birthday party. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, 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 this, sure. I'm good. I am very good. By, by the way, watching that game, and, you know, just, you know, as a side note, going back mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl for a minute, it was arguably the biggest game we've had in 2020. There's really been mm -hmm. no big game since. 
I, I really forget about the, before the game. I thought San Francisco was going to win that game, watching that game in the end. Like, did you always think that Kansas City was just going to come back and, and take the lead and win? I, I, I'm watching the game. I thought the 49ers were going to win. I, I, I did. I had the, I, was, um, I had them, uh, Kansas City, to win that game. But I was a little bit, uh, I was because I thought Kansas City got outplayed in the game um, in yeah, many me. stretches. But again, if you can't stick, you know, if you can't finish the job, which is pretty much San Francisco let uh, Mahomes off the hook. And when you give a guy like that more opportunities to get the job done, he's going to get the job done more times than not. But San Francisco, that was a long flight home because, yes, there were many yeah, instances. They felt like they had it. They were yeah. the better team. I mean, they were the better team except when it came to the score. Yeah, and I, and I think that's part of it. And, you know, what I'm hoping is that at some point it's, it's, you know, it's not even about having big games or small games, but like, that's the part of sports that I'm missing right now, Joe, is the uncertainty mm -hmm. of an eighth inning game right. or a third quarter in the NFL or the fourth quarter in the NBA, because let's be honest, a lot of the regular season and all of the sports that we watch, I mean, you could probably take it or leave it, but it's the late game heroics. And in this particular case, the heroics of Pat Mahomes that really brought it home. But it, like people always ask me, is it are, you know are you missing sports? Yes, I'm missing. Are you missing right. covering sports? Yes. yes. Are you missing going to baseball games? Yes. Sure. But but I miss the unknown, and mm -hmm. it's like and that's what we're dealing with now in life is the known. It's like we are just sitting here doing the same things every single day. We can't pop on that TV yep. and not know what's going to happen at a sporting event. And I think to me that's the the element that I'm missing. It's not even necessarily about rooting for my team or not. I think it just, it speaks to more of the unpredictable. And right now, everything is just so predictable. Yeah, it's that uh, watching the game and uh, waiting to see, uh, are they are they under the first five run total? Are they over the first five run total yet? Um, yeah, you can have fun with it all yeah, game You long, know what yeah. I mean? So it's, uh, that's a, there's a lot of games that I'm missing within one game right now, especially in baseball. I hear one you. of my favorite parts of the year and uh, a lot of ways to, uh, to skin that cat, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah. uh, let me set you up for the rest of the show. We got our, coming up next, we got our This Day in Fantasy Sports History and also our Fantasy Sports Birthdays for April the 15th. Mm. So that is coming up next. Also, as we mentioned, Joe uh, partook in the 2000 through 2009 Fantasy League Legends draft. My team Drafts. rocks. Rocks. We're gonna go through it one by one. We're gonna go through Joe's top 15 picks and his lineup. Oh, we got this whole whole thing set up for you today here on the show, and uh, also a little bit later in the show, uh, Rich Waltz from CBS Sports Network and Fox Sports One. He's done Major League Baseball for a long time as well. He is on the west coast of the country. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. Joe and I will be back. We'll go through our birthdays. We'll go through our this day in sports. And uh, also our stadiums, too. We got mm. a couple of iconic stadiums to go today, too. So don't go away. More fantasy sports today is coming up right after the short timeout. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Vish along with Joe Ranieri. Today is April the 15th, 2020, just a few days away from the Craig Mish birthday special, our spectacular. We'll probably have a show of some kind on that day as well, I'm sure. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, get your popcorn ready. Joe Ranieri's got his 2000 to 2009 Fantasy Baseball Legends team all ready to tell you about. Can't wait, Joe. Mm -hmm. you, seem, wait. you seem so pumped. I, I listen. I am pumped, man. I got a philosophy. I got a uh, a way I approach this thing, and we're going to be kicking some ass in this division. I promise you. All right. Now, by the way, uh, just so everybody knows out there, and, and again, I gotta 
some of the software is a little bit tricky to, to be able to show you guys on the air, but we started our first simulation, Joe, today. Oh, did you? Good. In the 80s, and we played our first seven games out in the 14-team league, okay? Okay. And my team is 7-0. Really? 7-0 to start oh, the season, yes. Jeez, are they going 162 games? Yeah, we're gonna oh, play. You're gonna, you're gonna my, do it too. Oh, I thought it was just a couple of weeks. I, you're running 162 games, guy. Love it. Let's do yeah, it. I mean, listen, you're not gonna have to do a lot. You just basically got set it. your lineup for seven days, and then they tell you what ended up happening. So they I go mean, seven. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, in that seven, case, good luck. Seven on Tuesday. There won't be anybody scoring runs on me, so we're good. <laughs> seven on Thursday. <laughs> seven on Saturday. And then uh, you're going to do a five-hour special here. Dude, on, uh, I picked up Bob Wickman late, man. Just might be the steal of the draft. All right, all right. Yep, Take steal. It Take it easy. All right. The fact that you know that you have Bob Wickman is already impressive. <laughs> I just Very was happy. Impressive. I was like, oh, I remember him. Like, Bob Wickman, <laughs> click. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you for participating in that. That was we'll awesome. That. I had a lot that's of fun. It was, I got to re- I'm actually, when I'm seeing the names and I'm like, Oh, I remember I him. Guy. It was right. great. It was a lot of fun, that's for sure. It was. It was. Uh, okay, so we'll get to that in a minute. But first, with the drum roll that doesn't exist. Ooh, I love Fantasy that. Fantasy Sports Today. I Let's take it. care of oh, it. April the 15th, 2020. Yes. Here it is. There this it is. day, as you see, in Fantasy Sports history. Our nice little graphic open there. That love that. Added on to the show. We yeah. got a high budget here. Yes. Uh, okay, April 15, 1947. Today would have been the day, Joe, where I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay? Jackie Robinson is the most important sports figure, I think, in history. Okay? I'll be mm-hmm. very clear on that. Uh, I, I would say that without Jackie Robinson, this world would be completely different. And I do agree that Major League Baseball should have absolutely retired his number 42. But can I can I be honest with you, Joe? I get so confused every year when all these dudes are wearing number forty-two on the field. Every yeah. single year, like, and it's just forty-two with no name on the back. Yep. I, I suppose it's the right thing to do. I get it, but I've gone to so many games, mm-hmm. and if you're watching on TV, like, like Very a lot hard. of times we need to know. Like, there's a lot of baseball players, you know, twenty-five men on a roster. Yep. And yep. so you pop in, Joe, and you're like betting a game. Let's say you pop in in the seventh inning. Boom! You put on the TV, right? Yep. And number 42 is pitching. Who is it? I, I usually just start drinking a lot on Jackie Robinson Day because <laughs> at that point, it's just like I'm not going to be able to just tell me, uh, you know, and hopefully the guys, and I don't know how the guys like, uh, you know, that, that call the game are anywhere even. Re- you got to know those players real well, especially on the visiting team, because they're all going to look alike uh, during that stretch. Listen, I- I'm just saying. I, I would have. Listen, it's fine. You want to put half the team wearing 42. You want the, the hitters to wear 42, the leadoff hitters to wear 42. I mean, everybody's wearing 42. I can't tell who's what on TV. In mm-hmm. person, I do a little bit better. I'm obviously sitting at the game. But yep. look, good thing there's not a uh, Jose and Ozzy Canseco because there would be <laughs> they issues. They would be really, they would be really confused. I'm just Very saying. Very well done. Very well brought up. <laughs> That's an inside joke for those of you. You got to go back to a YouTube show in yep. the past. And check good. that out. Yeah, check out his story with Jose and Ozzy Canseco. Was, You're going to love that. That was a good one. Yes. That was a good one. Twins that never fought. <laughs> All right, 2012, Marlins Park opens up uh, to its first ever game there, and uh, Omar Infante hits the first home run ever in that park. That was inside the park, too, wasn't it? Or was that was it an it was inside a regular the- home run. Oh, was it a regular, regular home run? Okay. Yeah, it was, but the reason why we bring that up is because that awful thing in the outfield that used to go off every time every home run would hit, that was the first time yeah. that that home run. Well, I usually uh, drink a lot when I go to that park, too. Well, like, you really just, and, you could tell what kind of morning it's been for Joe Ranieri yeah. to hear him talk about drinking so much. Well, Usually it's I'm a good I'm just saying it's, yeah, okay. no, it's honestly, it's, it's I feel been like a rough, a it's been a rough 15th of April. I, I never I understood like, that damn thing out in the center field. I always it thought it was so obnoxious. Oh, like, such you know, a waste like, of time. Am I dropping acid? Like, what am I doing here? This is, I never got it. That was a Loria I, thing. Like, I, I was I, hoping, weren't they pulling it out? Like, it's gone, right? It's gone. Right, it's gone, exactly. But because it's a of art they had to keep it on the property so they put it right outside the stadium it mr. still goes sherman off. mr jeter thank you very much you guys are fantastic no matter what you do with the rest of the team thank you very much yeah there are actually people who ripped them for taking that out i was like ridiculous um okay our saddest story of the day we'll just breeze right by this one we don't want to make anybody feel worse but the reality is mm. uh in sports history 
the bombing at the Boston Marathon in 2013. I, everyone will always remember where yeah. they were when they heard about that. Very yeah. sad. A lot of people passed away from that. It Terrible. has to be brought up. In this day and age of what's going on yeah. uh, with the pandemic, we're not going to spend hours on this, but it was part of sports history, certainly in 2013. A lot of lives were lost. Got to bring it up here on the show. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then finally, last year, the question is, did Joe Ranieri have money on this one either way? Because I remember, and, and I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I remember this one vividly because the tweets, you know, came in. Clippers down 31 to the Golden State Warriors and come back and win 135-131. Joe, there are a lot of people who thought that this game was the circled game to where things started to go south for the Golden State Warriors, where it was the beginning of the end of that tenure with Golden State. So here's the big question. I'm sure you remember this one. It was the biggest comeback in the history of the NBA. Were you? Did you have a side? Did you have a horse in this race? Yes. Yes, I did. And... Um... Silly me, I, I broke even in the game because I hedged out of it. I did, in fact, uh, have the Clippers uh, getting, I, I believe it was double digits in that particular game. And so when it was, uh, when it was getting out of hand, I thought I'd maybe I'd throw a little, uh, little extra money down on it uh, only to watch them. Uh, you know, I figured I'd back. I, in game, I think it was up to 20, 21, something along those lines. And then, of course, uh, yeah, the... Warriors were nice enough to throw up all over themselves. And uh, so I won the original bet, but I lost the in-game bet, thinking that I was going to try to hedge out and, uh, you know, win a few bucks and outsmarted myself. Never doubt your original gut feeling, ever, no matter how many points. 31? I know. Yeah, I never. Know. Yes. You know, you know why? That's a really good point that you bring up. You know why you, you always trust your gut feeling? Mm-hmm. is because it's a no-win situation when you change a bet. You're Correct. not you, – you can't win. If you go with your first instinct and you lose, you lick your wounds, you yep. fight to live another day. Yep. If you go with your fir- uh, first instinct and you change, you're always opening up that Pandora's box to yep. look back and say, whoa, why did I change? Why did I change? And then even when you win, it doesn't feel as good. In-game betting because- is the devil. <laughs> Please, don't change your bets. Yeah, keep what, exactly keep with what you got. Yep. Go down with it if you have yep. to. But and I've only right. known that 100 years, and yet I was still just like, they're going to win by they're gonna win by 40 points. I mean, that look at this. Laying 21, I'm good. I got this. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. All right, nice. so that's our this day in, in fantasy sports. We also bring you, of course, every day during this time, the uh, fantasy sports birthday. So mm-hmm. here they are for April the 15th. Now, not the greatest list for the show today, okay? Going to be clear, April 15th, mm. not an epic day for fantasy sports birthdays. I mean, for, I mean, for the love of baseball, we mm. had Pete Rose and Greg Maddox yesterday, you know? Like, like that was a great day. Good point. Today? Well, that's a great Yeah, no. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I'm reaching here. But uh, look, listen, there's nothing wrong. And by the way, no insult to any of the players listed here, but none of them you would call superstars in sport. I think that that's fair. Uh, let's start. Michael Cooper, Joe, uh, was a piece of that Lakers legacy, right? Like yes, that, like right. a great defensive player, I think. Like the fifth uh, Beatle. On, on that team. Yeah. But. He was with Magic and them and, and, and yeah. Worthy. Yeah, he was like the fifth Beatle. He was good. You know, he was all right. Just. Um, Nah, it was like Rambus, that kind of uh, situation. Okay. Uh, Jason Seahorn was uh, played at an elite level, Pro Bowl level, for a couple of years, I believe with the Giants, maybe with the Rams as well, if I'm not mistaken. And then as fast as he was great, Joe, it was as fast as he was kind of, I think, toast at the end, and then was yeah. gone. Right? Yeah. The only thing I remember about Seahorn is his wife, so that was the end of that. I was going to let you bring that up. Yeah, so I figured, I don't worry, I got you covered. Yes, his wife was... Angie uh, Harmon? Angie Harmon. Loved her on Law & Order, and then married him, and then I never watched it again, because he sucked. We're done? Yeah. Terrible. You were mad? Why were you mad at him? No, I, I, I always thought he was a little bit overrated. He, he had that era... If you remember, there was a lot of smoke being blown his way, man. Like, they were making him out to be, like, this uh, this true. monster of a DB and say, like, what are you guys kidding me? He was, I, good. He was good for, like, two years. Ex- and at moments, yeah, at moments. Then he married yeah. her, and that was everyone that was like, yeah. I went thought down you were, like, bitter about that. Maybe you had a crush on her. No, no, Andrew was beautiful. She was very nice. But then she just, uh, he w- became useless after that. That was, that was really the downhill. Oh, well, he it got happens. his money, too. Don't forget, he had that contract, and then they paid him, and another in a long list of terrible contracts by the New York Giants. Yeah, listen, same thing happened mm-hmm. to Greg Sussman. 
since he's been married. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's going down. I'm telling oh, you guys, it happens. Quick. All right, back to birthdays we go. Uh, you know, my experiences were always good, shockingly, with Milton Bradley. He basically is a baseball player. I love his that, games. That, that everybody said that, that they didn't get along with him. Like yeah. they were, and, and again, he's had some serious issues uh, with with domestic violence and, and things of that nature, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that's all alleged. Uh, I don't even know if I got that right. I probably should check that. I mean, let me see if I got that right. I, no, um, I just thought it was a game company. Didn't they? Uh, all our games came from Milton Bradley, didn't they? Was that? Uh, wasn't it a uh, the maker of a lot of board games? Uh, spousal battery. Okay, I got that right. Well, oh, I don't remember that. Game. I'll tell you what you, yeah. you never, what you never want to do, Joe, on a TV show is accuse somebody of something that they didn't. Do. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. Yes. So I got that right. So I'm just gonna, even though he was arrested and all kinds of things happened, it was uh, I'll just say allegedly. But the bottom line was that he didn't get along with reporters also in baseball. But I had a I had a good relationship with him somehow. I don't know. Like I never was a weird had, dude. I never had beef. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a control. Probably freak. caught him on a good day. Yeah, it was it was a weird dude. He was a good player too. I mean, he was uh, good. He, he was a good Dodgers player. Yeah, for a while there. But he just couldn't get along. He didn't uh, work well with people. Just wasn't. No. Yeah. No, nope, doesn't work. It's always okay with me. Cromartie, uh, on the other hand, worked oh, here's real your guy. well with a lot of people. Yes, yes, it worked well. To the tune of his own team. Listen, he had the best all-time hard knocks. The guy uh, was great. It was just I mean, great. that was going yeah. through the kids and all that. Oh, like, my and by Lord. the way, this is a really good player, too, in the NFL. Fantastic. Really good player in the Fell NFL. off a cliff in the end. Uh, yeah, but, at the end. Yeah. Of course, they all do. But uh, people are going to remember that clip of him going through the list of all his kids. So funny, As opposed man. to how good the player really was. And he yep. was you know, five years probably in, yep. uh, in the NFL. Yep. Loved him with the Jets, Pro man. Bowls. He was great. Yep. Loved him. And yep. he needed that yep. extra check. <laughs> he needed that check, man. He needed that money. He was, uh, there were a lot of oh, checks yeah. being of written. Yeah, a lot of checks being written. Yeah, for sure. So those Good are our guy. birthdays, and that's our This Day in Sports. Um, mm. Quick uh, quick story to bring you guys also from yesterday, Joe. I don't know what you think about this, but Major League Baseball, it seems to be pushing forward with mm -hmm. the idea of potentially playing a season. I mean, look, I can't speak to anything except for the things that I can ask about with right. the people that I have contacts with. And I can't say for sure, we'll talk to Rich Waltz about this, and I can't say for sure that there's going to be a season. But, Joe, every day we're getting a new story about things baseball is trying to do. It, yep. it is so apparent to me that they're trying to play any way possible. Arizona plan, Florida plan. Now there's this story that comes out yesterday that essentially they're testing 10,000 people, including employees around the game, to see about if they have, uh, I guess, antibodies or if they've had this virus already. Look, I, you know, the science of this, Joe, I don't know, yes. but every signal is pointing toward baseball trying to get this, trying to get something going. That's, uh, that's laying the foundation to going back to work. That's exactly what that is. 10,000 employees, players, front office personnel. Uh, if you have the antibodies and you have had the virus, then there is a very, very good chance uh, then uh, that you are at least somewhat immune to it, which, of course, is really going to be the key for all of us getting back to uh, a routine and getting back to our lives and some normalcy. So uh, baseball just laying that foundation, going to be way ahead of the game. Yeah, and uh, and look, I think that we're, yep. we're headed down that road. I mean, the thing is for me is that, like, even with all the negativity as far as getting all of these mm -hmm. things done, is it not apparent to this point that Rob Manfred and the owners and the high-level executives are meeting. I mean, this is the third different story yeah. coming out of baseball in the past week, Joe. Yeah. And, and this and, is and what's going to allow them to transition into getting people back in offices and beginning the process of uh, of laying it out. Yeah. No, I, I, I think yep. so. I think we're, we're definitely headed down. I mean, you'd think it was like a billion-dollar industry or something where they, you know... There was a lot of money at stake I, here. Ironically, we're hearing more about baseball than we have about the other sports. Yes. Right? Yes. Or am I just partial to bringing it up? I here? think the line in the sand will be May 1st. I, I think everybody's gearing up for, I think, May 1st. Uh, the only thing that I've ever asked for and that I've wanted, and I'm good to wait another two weeks, is clarity. And I think May 1st, we will have more clarity than we have over the last six weeks. And I think we'll know exactly what each of the league's game plan is and what needs to happen in order for A, B, and C to go through. So I think May 1st is going to be a uh, awakening of sorts. Yeah, no, I, I think so too, for sure.
All right, we'll take a quick time out here on the show. It's the moment that you all have been waiting for. It is coming up next, the moment where we get to release Joe's <laughs> Fantasy League Legends team. I mean, look, this is the highest-rated show on all of Sports Grid, maybe in all of the world, to go through the last, through 10 years of baseball and fantasy baseball to see who Joe Ranieri thought he wanted to have on his team for 162 games. Damn so sure. that is coming up next, right Red, here on the show. Red Penny, too. We yeah. get him on the show. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. In case you missed it, you can head on over to FantasyLeagueLegends.com and check out the results of all of the fantasy drafts that we've been doing over the past month. We had a draft from the 1980s, a draft from the 1990s, and then we had a draft from the year 2000 all the way through 2009. We're doing four separate fantasy baseball drafts except for... The little kicker here is that we're going to actually play out our teams over on out-of-the-park sports in simulation fashion, awesome. which means you draft your team, you set your lineup, you put together your pitching rotation for seven games, simulation hits a button, and then you get your record after the seven games. If you like what you see, you probably put the same lineup back there again, but there are guys who get tired, and certainly there are some things that you'll have to adjust over the course of the season. And so Joe Ranieri, after hearing us talk about this so often, over the last couple of weeks, said, you know what? I want to try my hand at this, too. And Joe drafted his very own team in this league, uh, one of 14 teams in the league. And so let's start off by uh, by asking you, Joe, what did you think when you saw the names of a lot of the players that were available in the player pool? I It was funny as I kept diving into it as we were moving along. It was... It was a it was a throwback because some of the guys that you know names like Richie Sexton like like what like I can you don't even it's like I haven't heard that name in so long but when you remember that era especially where there were a lot of guys a lot of one hit wonders guys that had tremendous ridiculous seasons um, and then disappeared once obviously the book came out with Conseco and everything else but for the First half of that decade, man, there were some guys that threw up some numbers that I just, it's like, I, I remember that. Like, oh my word, I have not heard these guys in forever. They kind of fizzled out towards the end of the decade, but picking the one year, that uh, that special year that they had, that one productive year, um, it was a it was a lot of fun uh, reliving that. It really was. Yeah, that, that, that's the key is that, yep. you know, people, you know, they, they hear and they see this and they say, well, uh, you know, can't, Everybody get mm -hmm. Mark McGuire. Can't everybody get Barry Bonds? That's the key is that we've taken the very best season from the player. Awesome. Because the one thing that's so annoying to me, Joe, is when you're playing a video game and it's like you have Barry Bonds, but you're playing against Barry Bonds. You know, I right. just didn't want that. I I'm wanted just yep. one player, one time, you take your shot, you go in. Let's not confuse things. I don't want four teams with different versions of Barry Bonds. I agree I mean, 100%. Just, and uh, listen, a lot of the guys that were in this draft – even like, let's say, the top 200 guys, a lot of those guys you wouldn't have been able to have more than one year. So That's true, you especially, know. especially the pitchers. Yes, exactly. That, that was really interesting because we went through the 80s draft and yep. the 90s draft, and you knew the names. It was Dave Steeb and yep. Dwight Gooden, and, and in the 90s, you know, uh, several great pitchers, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson. What happened in the 2000s, is the same thing that we're seeing happen in baseball now, Joe. Right. These kids are coming up, and they're trying to throw a million miles an hour. Yep. And the careers of these guys are short and done. That's correct. And a lot of the pitchers that were drafted in this from 2000 to 2009, there's no longevity there. Nope. It, it, you look at it, you're like, wait a second. This guy had a great year. You know why? Because yep. he, he threw 95 miles an hour, 97 miles an hour for one year, came yep. back the next year, got hurt, never was the same. That's correct. And, and that is sort Amazing. of the story of baseball now. That's where right. 
no, no one is trying to throw a sinker for eight innings. Like, there's one Dallas Keuchel, you know? Everybody else is is Noah Syndergaard. That's correct. You know, everyone else is trying to throw super hard. And so, uh, yeah, there were a lot of players. Um, you know, Ben Sheets is is one. Yeah, the guy. Schmidt yeah. is another, you know, like a lot of players. And yep. um, you know, certainly it's... it's yeah, uh, there it's were a good. lot that you went, oh... Oh, yeah, that's it, man. They they had, like, this two-year stretch, two- and three-year stretch where we had a phenomenal. A lot of 200-plus uh, strikeout guys, a lot of 20-game winners during that uh, that stretch, and then they just disappeared. Like, you don't know what happened to them afterwards. Number yeah. of Marlins, too, on that uh, roster there. Number that was good. Number of Marlins good. as yep. well. Yeah, we went through it. And, yep. Um... You went, yep. I, did, you, did you end up with any Marlins? I did. I, as a matter of fact, I was, uh, I believe I, I was. I thought you sat somebody later in the draft. No? I, I believe I was, uh, I know I had um, uh, Pavano. Uh, there it is. Yes, that's yes. right, Carl Pavano. Uh, Carl Pavano, who was. I like Carl Pavano. I, I loved him. He was, him. He was a flamethrower. He moved to Connecticut. I don't even yep. know where he is now anymore. Yep. Like, he I, I was, no, he's tw- he tweets out. It's actually a fun uh, Twitter handle to follow, too. Cause, Carl Pavano? Yeah, he doesn't care. Like, he just says whatever he uh, wants to say. It's actually pretty funny. Um <laughs> But yeah, time. when he was here with the Marlins, I mean, he was he was bringing it, man. Remember I, what happened? Carl Pavano's career was incredible. He was like, a, he was okay with Montreal, right? Yep. He was like, eh. And then, um, if I'm not mistaken, he went uh, to the Marlins. He was yep. a superstar. Yep. Won the World Series. Yep. And then he went to the Yankees. Right? And that and that was when yeah, dreams died. That was the end of that. Yes. <laughs> he was not was a well liked no. Yankee. Right? No, no, another guy like uh, uh, like uh, Brown prior to him that just. Yeah, the the best years of behind. Yeah, and so is Carbon. I mean, but those Marlins years, they were pretty oh, impressive. Yep. Yeah, they were. All right, so let's uh dive in. All right, let's take a look dive, here. Dive in head first. All right, so first overall pick. Now, look, I don't get it. I, I we do. sat here yesterday on the show. Yeah. We said, you know, there's so many closers, there's a million guys that you could take. Joe's like, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think Gagne is going to go in the first round. And then you took Gagne. Well, all right. So, listen, here's what happened. First of all, the the thing was rigged to begin with because I was the number 12 seed uh, in the thing. So, when, and when you get to number 12 in the, you know, starting the rank, I know I'll be back uh, in a couple of more picks, right? So, the first pick comes up, and I was actually trying to take um, – it was somebody in the top, uh, top five or six there, but I – the next guy up was Gagne, right? He was listed as the number nine, I think, in the the way they had him listed in the API. Because he was listed his, number listen, nine. His war was fantastic. He I was also a great defensive not. player. I was hitting every button in the world. I could not grasp where the draft button was. So two minutes before I know it was gone. And then all of a sudden, Gagne's on my team. And then I realized that you had to get it up and hit the draft button. And that's when I figured it out. But to my, in my defense, I was a little, right. uh, a little taken back by the process there. A little bit. It's not like okay. a big draft button. It's not like it was in the middle of the thing. I understand. Okay, so we'll give you. A, listen, you ended up getting the best closer in, in the exactly. whole decade, exactly. and it wasn't even close. Okay, exactly. so you'll you'll put him in your closer position, right. and and you'll lock him in for the year. Yep. And anytime you have a lead, you're gonna win because he didn't blow a save for the whole decade either. That's correct. I can live with that. Yes. Uh, but before we go on, can mm-hmm. we be perfectly clear? Got Are it. you gonna take responsibility for every other pick that you had here? Can no, you, and I'll you... take it. Listen, I would. I'm not mad at Gagne because it kind of okay. shaped my approach to what I was thinking about and that's doing a good anyway point too yes but but the other players all here you were you were all in on i'm guy, all right? in yes all okay. in just yes. just to make sure all okay. in so let's, absolutely all right so let's absolutely. go through it so this is an easy pick uh the next one here yes uh gary sheffield uh of 2000 i believe he was with the atlanta oh, the braves, uh, braves yeah. at this time yep so you took him um, yeah that was his uh, prime then he went to eventually to the yanks but that was yeah um and then i got uh javi i wanted to me i thought javi lopez was the best catcher on the board um, Barna, I know, you know, Piazza was up there and, um, you know, Mauer. had that one year where he had exactly. 30 home runs. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming, I mean, maybe I was wrong here, but I was assuming these were based on, these players are going to be based upon their best years. And I thought Javi Lopez that year was just ridiculous. And, uh, you know, Mauer was good. There were some, there were some decent choices, but I wanted to get, because you said, fill out the lineup, the roster, so to speak. The position players, so I wanted my pick of the litter with Javi. Plus, I wanted a guy that could hit 40, 50 home runs like he did sure. there. Um, okay. And then, right, so that makes sense. But now, now here's where we got some confusion. Here. Okay. Okay. 
Now you land Gagne. Yes. So why'd you take Papelbon in the fourth round? Because if I'm not mistaken, you had mentioned that you get a closer, you get a guy that comes in the eighth, you get it like I the know. pitching line. Yeah, so right. my idea was, listen. You're a super pen? You're going to build a super we, pen? I'm building it from the back. Up. I went Gagne. I'm going to make it so my team only has to score enough runs through the first seven innings and then it's over. And then it's over. Because let's face it, every team is loaded with guys that hit 40 home runs and so on and so forth. Who's going to have that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning? Gagne, like you said, Papel, Bomb, a couple of these other guys, I figured I'm going to own the seventh inning on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you got starters go five or six, and yep. then you go seventh inning, Papel, Bomb, or That's eighth Papel, Bomb. You could actually, on Out of the Park, you're going to see in the settings, you could right. actually set that up. When exactly and that's you want you exactly. to come in. Yep. And if Gagne gets tired, you can, it says you can, you know, you said, I mean, you don't play the game out, but you could say, swap these two guys out. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I, okay. that's how I wanted to go. That was my, because once I ended up with Gagne, I'm like, I'm building a pen first. Okay. Right, listen, you know, some people look at that and they say, you know, you got to, you got to double down on your strength. And that's yep. what you did there. Yep. All right. And then our final look here will be uh, Kerry Wood from 2003. So he'll, yes. be, uh, he'll start every fifth day for you. At this time, Kerry Wood was healthy. and That was uh, a big year. Yep. Yeah. He was a stud. Yes. Striking out 250 guys. Yep. Uh, his career you know, lasted a lot longer than Mark Pryor's, but everyone mm-hmm. kind of associates the two of them together, Pryor and Wood. But Wood was clearly the pitcher that had yes. longevity. So uh, yep. you got your ace. Yep. You got your cleanup hitter. Yep. Got your catcher, five-hole hitter, and you yep. got your eighth and ninth guy. That's yep. what you come. That's basically what I was uh, trying to go with there. Uh, because after that, it was going to be, I mean, after that, we go into what? The sixth round. And, you know, that's when I started to go position by position and kind of seeing who was left available by the time we got here. Because a lot of the guys ahead of us, um, were they were going with the, they a lot of those guys were going with best player on the board i mean there really didn't seem to be a rhyme or reason they just kept going down who was rated um the, you know before especially by the time it got to me and i thought carlos pena for first base was uh you know at that particular by the sixth round i mean that year he had there was just it's ridiculous yeah. yeah it was obnoxious yeah. yeah i think that what what happened was and, and i think this was smart by you because you got to this point and a lot of what people would consider the top first baseman yes. were really off the board, but they forgot yep. that you could wait and Pena mm-hmm. hit 46 bombs in 2007. It was ridiculous that year. 21 runs driven in, Yep. all career highs, yep. and 103 walks. Yep. So uh, a 4.11 on base percentage, which was, I think, second or third highest among all the players that were in the pool for the entire decade. Yep. That was just one unbelievable year for Pena. So yep. um, you could and slide in six round, three yeah. Hole, yeah yep. Three hole. Thought there was some value with that. And then I, how do you pass, you know, Vinny and uh, and what he did for Colorado there at yeah, uh, this at was third his base. Uh, return to the Rockies after leaving yep. for a couple of years. He came back and hit another forty home runs. Um, yep. The one thing that I didn't see. So when you know, we'll take a look at this later. But I, I mean, I guess I mean you you went for a lot of high on base guys yes so i'm mm-hmm. guessing you're not stealing and you'll you'll have to set your settings to eliminate steals probably because Ye- you really don't have any runners but zobris looks like your leadoff hitter i think I guess. yes yeah yeah well especially i was like a lot of and that was the other thing is that considering the the high batting average the high on base percentage you know i wanted right. to build that for the tech because we're all going to have power hitters so sure. I wanted to be able to get some guys that I could count on that were going to be able to get on base, certainly at that top of the yeah, order. He's a 40% on base also yes. um, in 2009 and, and 17 stolen bases. So, yep. I mean, yep. that, I mean, you probably won't be a, an aggressive base running team, but if you were going to run at all, he was the guy. Yes. Probably get off with. Um, Bill Hall had a, a, his... You know, Another one, one of those on-base kind of guys, yep. Yeah, shortstop, you'll put him there. Good defender, too. Yep. And then, uh, boy, Josh Hamilton. I mean, unfortunately, not a lot of nice things to say about Josh Hamilton no. right now. No. He's in all kinds of trouble with the law. But yep. the bottom line was is that Hamilton had that career where we didn't hear from him for a long time. Yep. Uh, and then we did. And then he was, he was this. Then he yep. was nothing. Then he was yep. the MVP. Then he was nothing again. Yep. But... Man, you could put him second in the lineup. You That's could put him sixth in the lineup. Versatility to me was, and I couldn't believe he was still on the board by that point, too, by round 10. I'm like, God, oh, this is a guy that's right. a, you know, this is a 300 hitter guy. He's hitting 40 jacks. I mean, it was, 
I'm like, and the versatility, like you said, that could bat yeah, second could bat him through six. Yeah. He, he batted everywhere with Texas. Everywhere yep. in the lineup. Exactly correct. Right. And then uh, rounding out the top 15 picks for you here, uh, where this is where you, you kind of locked in your pitching. You have Tom Glavin, yep. who probably is going to end up, I would say, being the number two starter. 2000, in your rotation, yeah. I would say. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, Pat Burrell is, is going to help you a lot in defense. You stick that yep. guy in right field, he throws guys out all the time. He's yep. a great defender. Philadelphia, so you get the offense and defense there. People forget that John Lieber had a couple of nice years in the big leagues. 21 game winner. Yep. Yeah, with Cubs. Uh, Carlos Quentin, another kind of one and done type player, was always hurt, but we're not playing with injuries in this league, so he That's should correct. be fine. 2008, uh, his season there. And then uh, David Wells uh, of, of 2000, which was you know kind of fleeting for David Wells. He went on, if you remember, from uh, Toronto, ended up with the Yankees and, and pitched a number of years with them as well. Yep. So, Yep, that um, was uh, that was a good. Uh, that was he had a couple of good years with Toronto there towards the end. So, th- so this is the lineup I put together for you. I don't yep. know if this works for you. I yet. love it. You, you'll, you'll have to tinker around with it, lefty righty, and yep. kind of go through the splits there a little bit. But I got Zobris leading off for you. I got Bill Hall second. Yep. And the one thing that you have about your team is you can go two through nine, and everybody can hit a home run. That's correct. Every <laughs> single guy can hit a home. I mean, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, every single batter. In this lineup, two through nine hit 30 home runs. That's correct. Yep. The season that they did. Yep. So you're going to be like Bash Brothers style, I guess. Uh, and listen, like I said, I wanted to, uh, to me, it was all about get, give me five, give me a starter. Or four to five of the starters are 20 game winners. And, uh, you know, a couple of them certainly can, uh, can bring it too as well. And uh, I just want to be able to s- shut some guys out. And we laugh, but Wickman was a guy, 53 saves that year. We forget. He was crap at the Yankees, but then with Cleveland, he was... going to have a good bullpen. Look, no yep. one is going to argue that they have the best bullpen in the league. No right. one's going to argue. Now, no if that translates to wins, that will remain to be seen. We're going to have to find out about that. Yep. But I think that the, the starting pitching is strong enough. I, yep. think, I think it is. And, and look, you're going to live and die by the home run. you got to... You got those three outcome guys here sitting on this team. So, yes. yep. Um, but but also, you know, a couple good defensive players. And remember, even though we're not drafting for defense, they do have to play defense. And, yep. um, you know, you don't want Quinton having any part of the defense. That's for no. sure. But no, Pat, and Pat Burrell and Lopez, right too, was another guy. That's why I really liked him, too, behind the player. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How, I mean, Javi Lopez and a lot of those Orioles guys were – you know, on the on the stuff there for a while, and I'm I, I'm not going to say Lopez was or not. I know that he was never you know never caught, never tested positive or anything yeah. like that. But you go look at Javi Lopez's career, and it's like this one year was the one year yep. that he was a superstar in Major League Baseball. All right, so there you have it. We'll uh, track Joe's team as we go, and of course next week we have the draft from 2010 to 2019, and we'll start simulating all of the leagues mm-hmm. and give you updates on those as well. And with that. We will take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports Today. And uh, we got a lot more to come with you, including an interview with Rich Waltz of CBS Sports Network and Fox Sports 1 and also MLB Network and uh, also our classic stadium review. So don't go anywhere. Joe and Craig back here on Fantasy Sports Today. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.